Hey guys, welcome to the Flourish Podcast. I'm Juliana. I'm going to be one of your co-hosts today and I am joined with Tony Lee. I am on staff with the Salt Company and so excited to be on the Flourish Podcast. Come on. So this is going to be our second episode of the Flourish Podcast and today we're going to be talking about our thoughts and our thought patterns and how what we think about actually affects the way that we live and in a way that we actually don't even realize. And the reason why we want to talk about this, like this topic, is because this is actually an area of our lives to where God calls us to surrender and to glorify him with. And it's so Mm. easy to like not do that. It's easy to become enslaved and trapped into our own thoughts or it's easy to not even care about our thoughts at all Mm. and so in this podcast we want to talk about the power of our thoughts and we want to um, talk about the freedom and joy that is found in Jesus in yeah. our thought life. And so that's cool. Yeah. But hey, this is a great topic. I'm yes. excited about it. Nice. I mean, this cool. is relevant. I think it matters to yes. God and matters to people and it can change the quality of your life. So excited about this. Cool. Before we, um, head into the podcast, I want to read Romans 8, 6, which mm. is the inspiration for this podcast. And it's going to be the foundation of our discussion. And so Romans 8, 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Mm. Hmm, So good. I love that. Very good. Okay. So, Tony, thinking about this topic, thinking about what's going on inside of our minds. In our minds. Yes. (laughs) Why should we care about our thoughts? Why should we um, be intentional with them? I mean, like no one's like knows what's going on inside of our head. So why should we even care about it? Julia, that's a great question. I think that's something that you don't really think about that much until you start walking with Jesus seriously. And then you see it repetitively mentioned in the Bible, right? So I think Paul in particular, in the New Testament epistles and the New Testament letters, speaks a lot about the the thoughts that we have, taking our thoughts captive, setting our mind upon Christ. Like so much of the New Testament languaging is on controlling our thoughts. And so I think the primary reason why we care about our thoughts is because it's biblical and it matters to God. But here are some other reasons why I think it matters, the thoughts that we have and controlling the thoughts that we have. Okay, one, I think um, what we think about determines what we do and who we become, okay? So oftentimes when we think about our thoughts, we tend to think about our thoughts in isolation. Like I think about closing that door and then I do something else. Or I think about food. Like for me, it's always fast food. I think about it all the time. (laughs) And that has nothing to do with my actual life. But actually, if you reverse engineer your actions, what you'll find at the root of all of your actions are thoughts that preceded the action. Okay, so I will use the example of me thinking about fast food. I think about a quesarito from Taco Bell about once or twice a day. Okay, so I think about it often. And what it makes me do is I get hungry. Like I'm like, yo, I need to eat something, but I don't want to eat no kale. I want to eat a quesarito. And so, so much of my diet or the food that I eat is actually a reflection of the thoughts that I have. And in a similar way, as we think about the actions that we have, so much of the things that we do or do not do is actually rooted in the things that we think, which means our thoughts have immense power over the lives that we live or over the lives that we don't get to live and the joy that we don't get to experience. So that'd be my first one is your actions are rooted in your thoughts. Julie, what do you think about that? Oh, that's super good. Cause like even thinking about like the things that we do, you think about it before you actually do it. Yes. Like practically speaking. Right. And uh, either consciously or subconsciously, right? Like it's kind of in the humming of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And uh, I, I especially like love this verse so much because it just emphasizes the power of your thoughts because like in this verse it talks about how your thought life um 
is like a death or life matter. It oh, will either yeah. bring you death Whoa. or it's also going to bring you life. That's good. So I love what you said that how it's like very powerful or you can like experience death or life from it. And so, yeah. yeah. And That's like really the good. Bible talks about it so much. So much. It's honestly like kind of startling how much the Bible yeah. talks about it, you know, because I think we often tend to think about Christianity as like this super spiritual thing where you have to like feel the presence of God and you have to get into this like hyper spiritual moment. But then when you read the word of God, like a lot of what walking with Jesus actually is, is controlling the minds that we have. And I think Paul does a really, really good job of laying that out in such a way where our thoughts don't just influence our actions, but also influence the ways that we feel towards Jesus or mm. our spiritual life as well. So it's more intertwined than is mostly talked about, which is why I'm really excited that we're doing this podcast. Yeah, same. Good topic. And so going back to Romans 8, 6, the first half of the verse says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. Yeah. And so what does that mean to set the mind on the flesh? Like... Yeah, can you explain that to us? Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to hear your answer on this as well. I think it it's tricky because we don't use this language in real life, right? So like, just like in normal language, I'm not like, Juliana, what's your flesh doing today? Like, that sounds so weird, right? And flesh, like, I have a pretty negative connotation with flesh because I only think about flesh when I think of like movies when people are like, I don't know, like their skin gets taken off and then you see their flesh. So it's kind of gross. Anyways, but from a spiritual perspective and from what the Bible is saying, our flesh is who we are without Jesus. So in other sense, like who we are at our core, which is sinful in nature. And so our flesh is often used to describe our desires, our wants, our own sinful tendencies. And so to set our mind on those things is to actually let our minds be consumed by what we want versus what is often true. And so mm. there's a dichotomy in the word of God where flesh is kind of this somewhat which okay, it's not that our bodies are negative, it's that our sinful origins are negative. And so Flesh is often this thing describing our sinful desires, and then the spirit is describing the desires of God and the desires and wants of God and the truth of his word. And so feeding or setting your mind on the flesh is feeding those desires that you have and having your mind be consumed with all the things that you want. And I think particularly for our generation, and I think for all of human history, but even specifically now, the way that most of us feed our flesh is an overconsumption and over-desire mm -hmm of all the things about our lives that we want. So in other words, we have a really, really high value on self and a really, really low value on anything else, okay? <laughs> Including Jesus, right? And so, so much of our culture is trying to convince us that what we desire is ultimately true. What we want is ultimately the best thing for us. And the word of God is actually rewarding that in a sense that what you desire is often not what's the best thing for you. And what you want is often not what's true. And so we actually have to reorder our desires out of our flesh towards the spirit. Hmm, that's good. Yeah, I think that's like so helpful, even just like thinking of the word flesh, because mm -hmm. like Paul uses that word a lot in the New Testament. And so like yeah. even for you to define that is like very helpful to mm -hmm. be like, yes, the flesh is us apart from Jesus. Yeah. And like feeding those desires and continually um, like feeding the desires apart from Jesus, which is really cool. Yeah, you know? that's good. Um, Okay, so on the flip side of that, you kind of mentioned it briefly, but what does it mean to set the mind on the spirit? So the second half of this verse says, for to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I think the tricky thing with this is often when you read the word, it's kind of hard to like determine what this actually means, like practically, right? Like, okay, set the mind on the spirit. Oh, that's like on Jesus, on God, you know? But then like, how does that actually impact our lives? And so the way that I tend to understand this is by consistently filtering my thoughts through the character and life of Christ, okay? So I'm just gonna try to make it as practical as possible. So one of my thoughts could be frustration, at Joe's, my wife, right? And it, it's usually not for anything bad that she does. It's usually like something really, really dumb, okay? So she does something that makes me frustrated and my flesh is like, no, go tell her you're mad. Like be like, yo, get the right, like be right in the situation. Um, I can't even think of anything that she does to make me mad, but she does, okay? <laughs> and I mostly, cause it's usually me that makes her mad. Anyways, but uh, my flesh, setting my mind on the flesh would be like, oh, you know what, Tony, you're right to be frustrated. Why don't you go show her your frustration, right? Whereas if I internalize that thought and say, okay, I'm frustrated for this dumb reason, and then I filter it through the character and the life of Christ, what I receive is that of the spirit of like, okay, you know what? Actually, I don't need to be frustrated with that. Jesus is exceedingly more patient than I am. And so now I get to live in a spirit-filled life and just say, actually, I'm gonna love my wife, not be frustrated with her. So mm. it's a filter dichotomy. So I think basically what I think Paul is trying to get at here is every time you have a thought, you either get to feed that thought, which is usually of the flesh or frustration or anger or lust or whatever, and continue down that path, or you get to filter it through the life and character of Christ and come out with a widely different outcome on not just the way that you think, but how you live and the actions that you have. But Julie, what would you say is like, your understanding of this, you know, all throughout the New Testament scriptures? Like, how have you understood the dichotomy between flesh and the spirit? Hmm. Yes. I've understood it to where it's like the flesh is like worldly, like mm -hmm. earthly mm -hmm. things. And the spirit is like heavenly, like set apart, holy things. Yeah. And so like, even like thinking of like this topic, like our thoughts, yeah. like, fleshly thinking <laughs> this is such a funny word that we don't use yeah we, don't, we never use that vocabulary and like, like we're saying it so many just, times yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> yeah so like even thinking about like fleshly thinking is just like reminds me of like just thinking of now just like mm. my needs now what yeah, i want comfort now. yes comfort, success whatever it is yeah like, thinking of this like setting your mind on the spirit is like thinking of things above yeah like having an eternal perspective of like okay like mm. time here on this earth is really short mm -hmm. but i'm a citizen of heaven and mm. so like i know that one day like i will be in heaven with jesus and so yeah. even to like set the mind on the spirit is like yeah just thinking of things above thinking of jesus and mm. giving yourself an eternal perspective yeah, that's really, really good. I think that that reminds me of Colossians 3, 2. Uh, the Christian Standard Version says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, hmm. which is really hard. And I think the reason why we wanted to have this conversation is because actively thinking through the thoughts that you're having is very abnormal, okay? So yeah. before you become a Christian, it's like, you don't filter your own thoughts, really. You know what I mean? Like, you you just think things, and then you're like, I'm right. Like, you just assume you're right, and that's true, and therefore you act upon those things. But as you become a Christian, you start to realize that there's a distinction between the thoughts that you have and what's actually true in God's Word, and, like you said, a distinction between what's true, quote-unquote, now and what's true for all of eternity, and setting your mind almost at a different level, like transcending this earth to think upon heavenly things. And that... Those two things are really, really hard. And so I think one of the things that we want to help you guys think through 
is how to think through your thoughts. You know, like I think yeah. that's like a super simple way to think about this text is how do we think through our thoughts so that our thoughts that may be fleshly or worldly or maybe sinful in desire or sinful in want is actually transformed to think more of things of the spirit, which like Julie said, is both eternal and the character of Christ today. You know, mm -hmm. so those two things are really, really important. And so we hope that this podcast gives you a little bit of a handlebar or maybe even just begins the conversation in your own mind of, okay, I just had that thought. Is that thought true? Yeah. Is that thought of the flesh? Is that thought of the spirit? Well, if it's not of the spirit, how can I actually filter it through the person and character and life of Christ and the spirit within me to actually come to a different conclusion that will actually help me live a more spirit-filled life day by day? And so as your thoughts connect with your actions, our hope is that you can actually think through the thoughts that you have and actually live a different type of life. And so I'm really, really excited that we're having this conversation. So Julie, I've got a question for you. Oh, fun. Okay. What is, we're going to get back to some of like the more theological questions in a second, but I wanted to take a quick break and ask you, what are some of the thought patterns that you struggle with that are fleshly? Hmm. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like in your day to day, like what are, what's like hard for you to actually filter through the life and character of Christ of Christ? Yeah. That's really good. I think I'm really also excited to talk about this topic because it's something that I've really struggled with. Mm. When I think about like my walk with Jesus, yeah. like for the most part, like <laughs> I try to be holy. I'm not going to say I'm like perfect because I'm yeah, not yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah. But in my thought life is where I probably like sin the most and yes. where I dwell in my sinfulness the most yeah. because it's a place to where like you actually like if you mm. didn't want to live in the light you didn't have you don't have to yes because it's like no one else knows my thoughts and so for me like examples of like mm. fleshly thought patterns would be like insecurity mm. like yeah. oh like people don't like me because of this and like I can just like dwell in that and yeah. then spiral right down. Right. And so, yeah. Have you ever experienced any of that? Just like negative thought patterns, like yes. thinking in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple of things I want to point out that you said that I loved was it's pretty easy to look pretty holy and be disobeying God in your thought life. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. not only is it like straight up sin, right that you can be thinking about so like for me it's like if i have like a lustful thought in my mind of another woman that's not my wife that's sin but also like not being thoughtful about your thought life is disobeying commandments in the word of god in the new testament in particular you know and so even not the intricacy of thinking through things is is in and of itself but yeah i think the other thing that i heard from you that i really, really liked was our thoughts can take over our minds in isolation like We'll, we'll hopefully talk about a couple different practical tips, tips on how to get better at controlling your thought life. But if you're constantly alone for long periods of time and you're not checking your thoughts with other people, you can often get into a spiraling in your own mind of things that aren't true. Like insecurity is a great example of that, of like most people that I know that are very insecure are actually insecure about things they're really good at, you know? <laughs> so it's like kind of funny, right? It's like from my perspective, they're really good at that thing. And so, you know, for example, like, my wife is like an incredibly intentional, thoughtful, loving person. And she's insecure about people not thinking she's a loving person. When in reality, I'm like, no, no, no. That's actually the thing you're best at, right? And so sometimes we need other people in community to help us think through those things. But I think for me, the biggest like thought struggle that I have constantly is in a similar way to Julie just mentioned, like wanting to live like a really cool life. Hmm. 
you know? So like, I want to live a life where like my life is super meaningful and I never struggle with money and I make a, like, you know what I mean? And I live in a massive house and I get to travel the world and I get to live my best life and I get to have complete autonomy over my schedule and I get to do all these different things. So in other words, like I'm constantly daydreaming about this perfect, quote unquote, perfect life that doesn't exist. And it actually stops me from being grateful mm. for the life that God has given me today. Does that make sense? Yes. So my flesh is like, I want to live a superhero lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like I want it all. And the spirit is teaching me, no, actually the life that we live on this earth is down, not up. And it's not this cool, amazing, fantastic life, but it's this life of faithfulness and honestly mundane suffering that will produce in me a character that Christ, like Christ, and will set me up for an eternity of joy. So I tend to put all my eggs in the basket of this life and want to make it really cool. And then that produces all sorts of envy and covetousness and discontentment and all those different things. Hmm. Yeah, so. that's good. So like we kind of just like, I've noticed that we've been talking about thoughts in like a negative light. Yeah, yeah. And like, okay. And it kind of seems like we're saying that like all thoughts are bad. Oh, totally, totally. Would you agree with that statement? Would you not agree with that statement? Like how do we like validate our thoughts but also like not believe that they're all true yes yeah i think that's a great question because again i think the other ditch in this conversation like julie just pointed out is if you just walk around thinking all the time like my thoughts suck right and then you just become self-deprecating etc etc i think what you learn as a christian and what you pray towards is a sanctification within your soul and your mind where your thought patterns become more like jesus and those true things that are starting to come in your mind will manifest in every area of your life. So not manifest in the sense of like, I think it's going to happen and it's going to happen. Okay, that's not, not like a secular manifestation. But it is true that as you begin to think thoughts that are more in line with the will and thoughts of Christ, predominantly by his word infiltrating your mind, you actually begin to live like a far more joyous life. And so I think what Julie's getting at, which I love here, is there is a huge positive upside towards thinking like more like Jesus right? A massive, massive positive upside. And I hope we get to go into some of the implications in this podcast. But as you start to think more like Jesus, your life begins to change and your life begins to resemble more of him. And the slavery that you once felt to the thought life of insecurity or porn or lust or all these different things that are consuming your mind, you actually begin to experience a really beautiful freedom of those things being lifted from your mind and actually being replaced with the things of Christ and the things that bring you joy. And so I think there is a huge positive upside, but yeah, Julie, what would you say to that of the positive upside of biblical thinking? Yeah. Hmm. It's like way better. Like yeah, it, yeah. it like genuinely is. Cause I think with like <laughs> specifically like with negative thoughts, like believing lies, like, the Bible and like setting your mind on the spirit is just like absolute truth and it's encouraging. And yeah. sometimes it's hard, like some like hard truth, but it's like good. And it actually does like produce life in me. Yeah. And like, yeah. even thinking back to like my struggle with like insecurity mm -hmm. and like encouragement for people um, who are like struggling and feel like trapped, like yeah. in their thought life, there truly is hope and that yes. like God a hundred percent can like heal your mind and your thought patterns. Yeah. And, yeah, so I just want to encourage you guys in that. But mm -hmm. um That's good. Yeah. Tony, in what ways have you like experienced that? Like this verse says like life and peace. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Before I answer this question, I think the caveat that we want to have is this is a different conversation from purely mental health. Yeah. And so I, I don't think yeah. we've mentioned that yet. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about is not like fleeting thoughts, but the day by day momentary thoughts that you have that you're trying to take captive every day. That's a Colossians three, take captive every thought. Um, but what we don't mean is hormone induced or trauma induced mental health struggles that last for seasons of time. That's a different conversation that we've had at Salt Company over time, but we hope to give you guys more information on, but this is a slightly different conversation than that. So to answer your question, in what ways have I experienced life and peace in my thought life? I think uh, this is a term coined by Tim Keller, but the freedom of self-forgetfulness hmm. has been a huge pillar in these last couple years. Um, because like Julie, I've struggled with really, really deep insecurity my whole life. And I still do. And it comes out in like different forms now. And it kind of comes out sideways and all this kind of stuff. But uh, one of the things that has been a sweet gift to me is as Jesus has taken more and more uh, real estate in my mind, I think about myself less than I once used to. And I still think about myself like the vast majority of the time. Okay. So it's like very much like when I wake up at 6 a.m., I want to go, I like, I hate everything and I want to go back to bed and it's all about me. But over time, Jesus has actually taken up more and more real estate in my mind. And what that's allowed me to do is experience true freedom. Because I think one of the things that we don't talk about that much, that I think it can be really helpful for people, is the more that you think about yourself, the more that you're enslaved to this world, okay? So if you are the primary thing that you're thinking about, which all of us are, but for some of us, 99 to 100% of the time, it's all about us, then this world has to serve you and be perfect. And the problem with that worldview is that this world is radically broken. And so as you go out into a broken world and you don't get all the things that you want, it actually begins to degrade your view of the world and the view of yourself. But I think the experience of freedom of self-forgetfulness, as you start to quote unquote, forget yourself and remember Jesus more, you actually get to experience a true freedom that comes from outside of this world where you're like, okay, I actually don't have to be that insecure about all these different things because I don't have to prove myself to anyone because my life isn't ultimately about what people think about me. My life is ultimately what people think about Jesus. And because of that, I now don't have to feel those insecurities or feed into those insecurities in the same ways that I once did. And so I would say freedom of self-forgetfulness has been the greatest gift of thinking through a Christ-centered thought life. Hmm, that's good. So like... Yes, that's amazing that you've experienced that freedom. But how did you get there? Like, mm -hmm. what did you do to, like, give more real estate to Jesus, as you said? Yes. Yeah, so this is where the podcast turns a little practical. And uh, it is pretty hard to explain exactly what this looks like. So maybe Julie's got more practical things that she can give. But the only way that this has happened in my life and in the ways, in the lives of the people that I pastor is by falling deeper in love with Jesus, which feels like a cliche answer, okay? Which I get, right? I'm like, bummer, I know. It all comes back, fall deeper in love with Jesus, I get it. But genuinely, it's like, the more, so the, the analogy that I would give is, let's say you really love your dog, Robert, okay? <laughs> your dog's name is Robert, Bob, maybe. No, no one names their dog Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, let's say your dog's name is Rob. Rob, Robert, very cute name for a dog. Well, if you kind of like Rob, right? 
you're gonna think about him like once or twice a day when he needs to like go out and pee and eat food so he doesn't die. Okay, that's how you're gonna think about Rob. You're gonna be like, Rob's kind of a nuisance. I think about him once or twice a day. Really, I just need to open the door, let him go pee, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But let's say you love Rob. Okay, now you've got a picture of Rob on your work desk. Now you've got a picture of Rob on the screenshot of your phone, on the home screen of your phone, and you're constantly thinking about Rob. You're not just thinking about when he needs to go pee and poop. Jesus doesn't pee and poop, he's in heaven. But you're thinking about, man, how fun you and Rob have together, how you can't wait to go home and spend more time with Rob, how you can't wait to go on a dog vacation with your dog and then go with all the other dogs and go to the dog park and have a great time. So in other words, you start to think about Rob as all the joy of your life, okay? So that's a pretty big <laughs> example. But it, the same idea is true, that I think most of us tend to think about Jesus as part of our lives, but not the joy of our lives. But as you fall deeper in love with Jesus, you start to think about, man, I can't wait to spend time with him, or I can't wait to um, experience and worship Jesus more. I can't wait to learn more about him in his word. I can't wait to be with him more and more. And then he starts to walk with you day by day. And as you walk to class or as you walk to work or as you walk to your practice or whatever that looks like, you start to experience what it's true that Jesus Christ lives within you by his spirit and he's walking with you day by day. And once that becomes a reality, more and more you start to experience the community of Christ, um, which slowly begins to reorder all of your broken loves and begins to change your mind. And so it's a really unfortunate cliche <laughs> but the way that what the way that our thoughts are captivated and changed is ultimately by falling deeper in love with jesus okay so that's the number one now there are a couple more practical tips <laughs> that I have, okay so i have to get that out of the way because it's like if you don't love jesus none of this crap is gonna matter okay yeah. but okay here are a couple different things one is write down lies okay so one of the things that i've heard practically is you need to get better at talking to yourself than listening to yourself Okay, so listening to yourself is, oh, Tony has a thought in his mind, blah, 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 blah. He should go make a million dollars tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> that's not going to happen anyways. But, you know, that thought, uh, you could either listen to that and say, oh, okay, that's right. That money is my God. Or you can say, you know what? That's not true. So now I'm going to talk to myself and say, you know what, Tony? Money is not your God. Jesus is your Lord. You ain't need that Tesla, even though you really want it. So you'll be fine. And so you actually learn how to talk to yourself. And honestly, guys, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but I'm going to say it. When I was first learning how to walk with Jesus in college, I would talk to myself out loud. Okay. So it's kind of crazy, but you can do this by prayer. And so I would just walk from class to class and I would think through these lies in my mind and I'll say, Hey, Jesus, these are some of the lies that I'm experiencing. Can you actually speak truth to me? And by the spirit, he would remind me of a paraphrase of a verse. Or he would remind me of a moment in the Gospels that I'd learned to love and listen to from him. Or he would remind me of a story in the Bible. Like, he would just do that. And so over time, as I spoke my lies out and then uh, talked to myself truth in, I actually got to see a reordering of my broken thought mind. Second thing I think you can do is actually talk out your longer strings of thought with the people in your life and community. Like, I think this is why the whole lone ranger christianity stuff just does not work man because none of us are smart enough or rational enough to not fall into uh destructive thought patterns that are likely focused on sin or of the flesh and so as you're thinking through these things and your mind begins to take hold of uh, 
whatever thought pattern it is that you're kind of like, man, I don't know if this is biblical or true, bringing it to a trusted brother or sister in Christ to have the conversation with them and ask them, hey, is this true or is this false? They can be the ones to actually speak truth into you and for you to not listen to yourself. So those are the two things. One, um, don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself, even if it means doing it out loud in prayer all the time. I really recommend that. And then two, um, don't let your thoughts be something that's only in your mind, but also in your community. Mm, that's good. I love the community aspect of it because oftentimes when I like go to my community and I have this thought that I'm like really unsure about, <laughs> I'm like, when I literally hear myself say it, I'm like, that is crazy that I would think that. Yes, <laughs> Even yes. Even just saying it out loud, speaking it into existence, I'm just like, yeah. wait, that's actually so untrue. Yeah. And so um, I love that. And community is so helpful. Um, another thing I would add, like practically, mm -hmm. I would just like be aware of what you're consuming. Yeah, like thinking that's good. of like Tony, like <laughs> your example of like wanting to go make money. <laughs> like if you're like watching, I don't know, like keeping up the Kardashians. Shark like, Tank. I watched a lot tank. of Shark or Tank, shark guys. Tank. I want to start a business so bad, but I won't. <laughs> but I won't. yeah, so like if you're watching that 24/7, you're like filling your mind with yeah, that. Yeah. And so you're gonna be thinking about that all the time. Yeah. And so it's like, or if you're like watching. I don't know, TV shows with a lot of like graphic sex scenes. Like yeah. you're going to be struggling yeah. with lustful thoughts for like the rest of the day. That's great. Yeah. And so like, that's helpful. Be conscious of what you're consuming. And this is so cliche, but I'm going to say it like garbage in, like garbage out. Yeah, <laughs> so like yeah. in your thoughts, like if you're like taking garbage in, you're going to be thinking about garbage like all day. And so that's it good. is like an emptying of like the negative thoughts mm. and like the like unhelpful thoughts, but also like filling it in, like yeah. you said. Um, like filling your mind, like with the Bible, mm -hmm. like listening to like worship music, um, mm -hmm. being in community, hearing encouragement for other people. Yeah. And so that's just like another practical tip too. Yeah. Okay. Julie, I've got a question for you. Okay. What's like your hope for people in this podcast of the reordering of our thoughts? Like, what would you say is like an encouragement for people who are like, okay, I hear what you guys are saying. I'm now just starting to walk with Jesus. I'm starting to realize that a lot of my thoughts are actually antithesis of the word or who jesus is what's your encouragement for like man your thought life can change does mm -hmm. it make sense yeah 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 if you're a christian you have the spirit inside of you that's right and because of that you actually have the spirit power <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have like the power to actually change your thought life and like yeah thinking patterns and like whatever like those are like usually like habitual and so it yeah. might take time yeah. to like break like those like thought patterns but then like mm. there is hope and like you have the spirit and like mm. yeah even just like yeah that's what i would say yeah i think that's great i think like this would be um okay i've used this analogy before <laughs> I think I use it at the beginning of a Romans 8 series, but I use the analogy of how Cain's gets better every time you have it. So it starts great with a great chicken, you know, amazing. And then you get the Texas toast and you're like, wow, this is the best bread I've ever had. And then you get the sauce and it's amazing. And then you get the fries and the sauce and you're like, this is a great time. So Cain's gets better, keeps on getting better. And in a very similar way, walking with Jesus keeps getting better. Okay. It gets hard, right? Like walking with Jesus is really difficult. But there are benefits to walking with Jesus that many Christians have no idea about. And so a lot of Christianity in the past has been get saved, get out of hell free card, make it to heaven. Great. That's great. Obviously, I would like to go to heaven. That sounds like a good time. But 
you can actually experience eternal life now. That is also a part of the Christian faith, where as you believe in Jesus, Jesus begins to save your soul, but also begins to salve. Save is like the Greek word is for salve, salvation, heal. He begins to heal all the brokenness inside of you, which includes your mind as well. And I think so many of us who are just starting to walk with Jesus in college have no idea the health that your mind can one day have in Christ. Hmm. And over time, by the grace of God, it keeps getting better. Your mind will hopefully begin to look more and more like Jesus and be renewed from the inside out. And that is going to be such an unbelievably freeing experience for so many of us. And for all of us, like even for me and Julie, I pray that in 60 years, our minds are far, far, far more like Jesus is than our mind is today. And that gives me hope that even in this life, as your body is decaying, your mind is being renewed day by day, which is a beautiful thing. And so we've got a lot of hope as Christians and it keeps getting better. And this is one of the ways that Jesus sanctifies our souls. It's not just through a quote unquote, our spiritual life, but also through our mind. Hmm. Yeah. That's really good. We love you guys so much. We will see you guys next week. See you guys. Bye.